The Inland Empire of Washington State is an exciting place to be. Hammers are swinging, cranes are craning, machines are buzzing, robots are learning, and the region is full of life. Welcome to the Irons in the Fire podcast, a show exploring the many exciting and innovative businesses that drive and promote our local economy here in Spokane, Washington, and beyond. So lean in, because you're going to hear some valuable and behind-the-scenes insights from some of the area's top manufacturing companies, aerospace companies, and some of the best business minds in the region. Together, we're putting more irons in the fire. Today's episode is brought to you by Weave. What if you could show appreciation to clients, employees, friends, and family while supporting local Spokane businesses? Well, now you can with Weave. Weave offers gift baskets filled with some of the best locally sourced goods and products Spokane has to offer. Weave's goal is to create beautiful gift baskets while bringing together the abundance of the greater Spokane region. Go now to www.weavespokane.com. That's www.weavspokane.com. And use promo code IRONSINTHEFIRE, all one word, to get $20 off your first order. Give the gift of local, give the gift of weave. Well, folks, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Irons in the Fire podcast. I'm your host, James Krejci, and I'm thrilled to be sitting in the offices of Proto Technologies with CEO and President Rory Ney. Liberty Lake continues to be a hotbed of incredible manufacturing companies, and Proto Technologies is definitely one of the ones that stands out. I've done a few episodes with companies here in Liberty Lake, and it seems like you guys out here have kind of a secret sauce of uh, manufacturing. So, Rory, it's great to have you on as a guest to Irons in the Fire. Thank you, James. Thanks for coming out to Proto Technologies. Absolutely. So, first of all, uh, I'd like to hear a little bit more about you personally, kind of give a sense uh, for our listeners of who you are. Well, um, I've, you know, uh, personally, I'm, um, heck, I have to even think sometimes. I'm 59 <laughs> years old. Uh, I moved to Spokane um, when I was about 23. I had been living over in Seattle a little bit. Um, I lived in Michigan. I grew up mostly in Michigan. I've lived in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually born in Richland, Washington. My parents oh, yeah. move around a little bit. There, <laughs> there's seven kids out of the family, and I'm number six. Um, and wow. Yeah, you had quite the crew. Yeah, we did. <laughs> so I think when you have that many kids in a family, you learn to survive. Yeah, you kind of go into survival mode. Which uh, which number were you? Six. You were number six of the seven. Yep. So, mm-hmm. yep, you definitely uh, were in survival mode a lot of the time. Exactly. <laughs> you get all the hand-me-downs and, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you moved to, to Spokane to kind of get away from the hustle and bustle of Seattle? Or what brought I had, you this way? Um, the company I was working for over in Seattle had an opening in sales in here in Spokane. Oh, okay. And so... I said, sure, let's go for it. Awesome. And I awesome. hadn't really ever been here before. So uh, just being adventuresome. Awesome. And I loved it when I got here. It was just, it's perfect. And here ever since, did you did you ever take a, some time away from Spokane for a few years? Or no. Or you've been here ever no, since? I've been here ever since. I met Very my nice. husband here, got married. We have three kids. They're all older and grown now. Um, and now I have grandbabies. That's but awesome. No, we love it here. So what hobbies do you have when you're not here at work? What do you what do you like to do? We like to 
go fishing. We fly fish. Uh, we have a few different boats that we can either drift or raft or uh, wakeboard. Nice. Um, we like to be in the outdoors. We like to golf. Um, just, you know, a variety. Of, we're pickleball players. Um, just a variety of different things of being outside. Nice. I love pickleball. It's kind of a good sport for all ages. Really. It is. I, I learned to play, uh, believe it or not, down in a retirement community in Phoenix, Arizona. That's where we and, picked uh, it up, yep. Uh-huh. The, the, uh, the older guys and, and gals beat up on me for quite a while. <laughs> I've got to tell you, if I can, a quick yeah, story. Yeah. Um, first time I went down there um, in Arizona in the retirement community, <laughs> my husband said, now there's some older people here, and don't feel bad if they beat you up. And I, we're talking <laughs> older, like in their 80s, yeah. right? And I'm like, seriously, come on, yep. you know? <laughs> and yeah, the first time I l- was playing with some other groups, it was like, oh my gosh. It's incredible. It's, it's not a, um, a hard sport that you have to, you know, it's not you're uh, bumping up against people or anything like that. Yeah. It's just your own talent and your skill, and it's not a lot of running or anything like that, but uh, it's talent. It's control. Yeah. A lot of control and hand-eye coordination. Yep. So mm-hmm. where do you play mostly around here? Um, I was playing up at the Hub for quite a bit. We'd go oh, yeah. up there uh, in the evenings um, during the winter months. Okay. Um, we haven't made it over to the Coeur d'Alene area. I know they have some outdoor courses over there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very nice. So, yeah. Kind of becoming a little more popular. Yep. So a lot of what uh, what this show is is giving manufacturers a chance to tell their story. And I'd like to hear more about how Proto Technologies came to be and, and the story behind that. Mm-hmm. So I myself uh, have that entrepreneur spirit and always figuring out what we can do um, differently, my husband and I. Yeah. Uh, my husband's a mechanical engineer. And um, so I actually, you know, raising the kids had some different jobs. Mm-hmm. And at one point when the kids got older, I said, I'm going to go back to school um, if I can't find a job. And the funny thing is, I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. <laughs> and, you know, that's one of my interview questions I ask people all the time, you know, if they know yet what they want to be, because it's amazing. It doesn't matter what age you are. Sometimes we really haven't figured out what we want to be yet. Exactly. So I actually went to school. I couldn't find a job that I wanted. I didn't know what I wanted to be. Went to school. And one of our um, my economics teacher um, very nice gentleman said, is anybody interested in starting a business? And my husband and I had been talking about it. And so I said, raise my hand. Okay. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, we're interested, you know? So he actually said, well, I'm used to helping people, you know, with their business plans, things like that. He didn't help us monetarily at all. You know, we paid actually mm-hmm. for his services, but right. introducing us to bankers, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. So, I actually st- I started school in September, and in December we opened Proto Technologies. Wow! <laughs> and I didn't finish my business degree. It was more of a hands-on learning. Yeah. Uh, with starting Proto Technologies, so Proto Technologies is a rapid prototyping, um, you know, service bureau is what we started out as mm-hmm. with one 3D printer, you know, back in 1995, and. My husband being a mechanical engineer, he worked for a company here locally that they had to send product, you know, for product either down to California or back east. There was nobody in the Pacific Northwest yet. Oh, nobody this way. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So we said, well, heck, we can mortgage everything and, you know, go ahead and let's do it. (laughs) And we stayed here in Spokane because at the time, my kids were already older. They were in school. We loved where we lived. We live out south of town in Valley Ford. And they said, you can use the internet 
and FedEx and live anywhere. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, okay, let's see if that works. Yeah. So that's what we did. We stayed here. It took us longer probably, you know, uh, than living in Seattle, if we were, you know, in the hub sure. of everything, we would probably, the company would have gotten going much quicker. Sure. But it, we paid our dues mm -hmm. and we're still here, you know, 24 years later. That's awesome. So. I, I wonder how many people know that uh, there were 3D printers back in 1995. It's, uh... Not too many. <laughs> and being in Spokane, and we knew that Spokane wouldn't support us. But there are customers here right. um, because we have customers all across the United States, up into Canada. I have some other international customers. But like I said, it just took a little bit longer to get our name out there. And yeah. But now here you are, well established, and mm -hmm. that's an exciting story. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the things that give you here at Proto Technologies a competitive edge over maybe other contract manufacturers and, and other competitors in your industry? There's a few things. Um, one, rapid prototyping in a 3D printing actually had, um, uh, it was a closed process for a long time. The patents hadn't expired yet. So not too many people could develop other 3D printers. Okay. So we kind of had a niche on yeah. it, if you will. Not that they were our machines, but not everybody was building them like they are now. Right. Now they want in everybody to have a 3D printer in your own home exactly. so you can make your own product. <laughs> but we evolved past that. We're not just 3D printers. We do silicone molding to cast urethane parts, which is a, a bridge tooling from your one-off to before you go to plastic injection. Okay. From, you know, mm -hmm. I want 10,000 parts. We don't do the 10,000, but we could get you a 1,000. Right. So, you know, that grew over time. And we have several customers that have been with us, you know, 10, 15 years that we make their product for them because they're redesigning it and they don't want to put the money into tooling, into okay. hard tooling. Right. So, and then also the company has evolved in machining. We have CNC machining. And when we first started, we didn't have any. Didn't have that, okay. And now we have eight. And so, again, it just has evolved. We do painting here. We do thermoforming. We're pretty wow. much, you know, we work with a customer. of What is it that you need that you're not getting help with? Right. Um, you know, we actually have a customer in today working here because um, we're making a product for him that somebody in a production role said, yes, we can do it for you. And then they found out they couldn't do it for him. So yeah. they're using our processes to help him keep his product moving as he continues to develop it. Wow. So so it's kind of your breadth of, of services that give you that edge. Yes. It's For a lot of your customers, it's probably a good one-stop shop for a lot of different Yes, we, we use that term, um, key, turnkey processes. Turnkey, okay, right? yeah. Uh, we've helped customers go from writing five different purchase orders to five different people. Mm -hmm. They write one to us, and we take care of all those processes. Most of them are done in-house. Some of them are secondary that we have to send out and bring back in. But the customer appreciates it. All they get back now is a finished product. Yeah. They don't have to do that hassle of back and forth, back and forth. And they're typically not um, abreast of all the technologies that are available out there or the different vendors to go to to get this done. And so we have these vendors that we constantly are working with, and so we can get this done you know, reasonably, uh, yeah. and our vendors work with us. As you were saying that, I kind of thought of if I were to build a house and mm -hmm. if I were the one managing all the subcontractors, it would be kind of a nightmare. And mm -hmm. I would rather hire an expert to 
be the one person that I talk to that manages the right. the full process, and then I have a an end product of a house at right. the end. So, and another thing is, I tell the customers is that if you have an issue with your product, you just come directly to me. Yeah. You don't have to go to five different vendors finding out who messed up on something. Right. And because it's always easy to point the finger at somebody else and say, <laughs> they did it, not us. So we are kind of control freaks in that way, of making sure that the customer does get you know the quality product. And I really do focus on customer service here. We don't have answering service here um, mm-hmm. in the sense of uh, voicemail. Right. When somebody calls up, they get somebody You're to talk to. You're going to talk to a person. Yep. That's Because typically, great. that's why they're calling. They want to talk to somebody. They want to get a product going. Um, yeah. I personally hate it when I can't get a hold of somebody and you don't have the correct number or the correct last name and right. the dialing isn't working. and Or you end up in some phone tree. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you're and just sitting there screaming on the phone saying, I want somebody to help me. Yeah. Exactly. Well, those are awesome advantages. Clearly uh, set you apart from a lot of other companies. So mm-hmm. that's impressive. What kind of uh, what kind of industry headwinds are out there right now for manufacturers that maybe you're thinking about or make you think about how you might need to adjust? With us, we can work with any industry. We're not locked into any, you know, uh, a particular product. Okay. Right now, um, a year ago, we got certified in AS9100. Oh, yeah. So we do aerospace work. Mm-hmm. So that is evolving even more. So we have very large customers that we work with with that. Um, we work with large medical companies, um, underwater sonar, electronic companies, just a wide gamut because we don't work with any specific company because what we yeah. do goes across the board it can be you know joe down the street with his new design that you know he wants to make his million dollar on his you know widget right. <laughs> and so he can come in and we can work with him and help him with his prototyping we don't do any marketing you know things like that we don't sure. do the design here we would just take the customer's cad files and produce product for him produce it for them mm-hmm. wow so having that uh, i think serving a diverse group of industries probably helps you kind of um, pro, I guess, make it through different uh, cycles of, of the, the economy. economy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, knock on wood, we made it through the recession. You know, we had a drop, just like a lot yeah. of manufacturing did, but we were able to survive through it. Mm-hmm. And I think because we're diverse, um, you had some customers that, um, in any, I tell people this all the time. In a crisis, no matter what it is, it can be war, it can you know be a 9/11, you know it could be fires, something like that. That's right. tragic, uh, hurricanes. Somebody is coming up with something to make something better because of that, and so we have seen that with some of our customers that they've developed something out of this tragedy um, to make the next one not so bad or help them through it. Yeah, how does the saying go? Uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Yep, Maybe tragedy yep. a little bit as well. So yeah, well, you know, wars create uh, work for people. But you know, they yeah, to, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're building Leads to things. innovation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that kind of getting your your business started in Spokane took a little bit longer uh, mm-hmm. due to you know not being in the center of a, of a large hub. Right. But w- at, over the long haul, what has been some of the, the major benefits of being in the Spokane region for what you're doing? Well, for us personally, I'll start with, it's yeah. just, it's, you don't deal with the traffic in, in a big city. Um, I can get to work relatively quick in 
um, that's huge, not dealing with the traffic. I have a, Se- a rep oh, that lives I in Seattle. Totally agree. And it's hard for him <laughs> to get around. Um, so we really appreciate that slower pace of Spokane. Right. I appre- appreciate the Spokane Airport. I love when I have to fly out somewhere or come back to Spokane. It's just so quick in and out. Yeah. You, you don't have major lines. <laughs> and so that's great. Um, business-wise, again, you know, Spokane helped us get started, but... You know, the majority of my customers are in the Pacific Northwest, but also across the rest of the United States. Um, it's been an easy place to get employees. You know, um, we usually have a good field to pick from. Yeah. Um, and Idaho being so close to us, that helps. So mm-hmm. that definitely is a, a positive. And we appreciate being out here in Liberty Lake. It's a nice area. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So I've heard a lot about you in my interactions with others in the community, and you're well-respected out there. Thank you. Um, so congratulations on, on building that type of a reputation. What are the ways that you have also uh, kind of given back to the community to develop that reputation? Oh, yeah, just being part of the community and one in the manufacturing, the business world. I've been on manufacturing boards. I've been on the board with GSI. I've been on the board at Valley Hospital. Um, I donate to the hub out here mm-hmm. in Liberty Lake. Um, I've, you know, some smaller stuff is in the community. We've been, um, I'll say, parent sponsors, if you will, of the Spokane Indians. So when the Spokane okay. Indians come into town, they actually ask families to house them. And so they don't, you know, they're not living in apartments, you know, hotels, things like that. Yeah. You know, their kids just either, well, some of them are fresh out of high school, right. um, out of college, and they're not getting paid very much. And so they look towards the community to help them. So we've had, um, we've done it for, I think, five years, uh, bringing in different players every year. And so that's fun. You know, my kids were all grown, so I didn't have any kids in the house. So it was just, you know, having them come in. And it's, it's changed over the years. We've had, um, you know, they have players from all over the world. And so we've had some people in that barely sp- Spoke any English, right? And um, and it's fun to see them as they have grown through their career, um, yeah. Getting into the major leagues. Oh, and that's that's incredible. Yeah, that's a cool opportunity. Yeah, it is. We've we've seen several of them make it that far. So that's fun. <laughs> Very fun. Yeah. So, as a woman in the manufacturing industry, you've had great success yourself. And what are some of the things that you've seen in terms of the way that uh, the industry has evolved with? Um, women being more involved, more successful, more valued, those sorts of things. Yeah, it's been a, I think, for myself, you know, you have to prove yourself, right? Mm-hmm. You have to be able to stand up and, you know, um, I, I'm very outspoken and I say mm-hmm. my piece. And, and yeah. so I think if you talk to people that do know me, your mind, <laughs> and you have to do that to, right. I guess, be noticed, right. you know, and good or bad, um, I, I have my opinion of things. Right. And so I've been on some, you know, um, uh, panels, mm-hmm. you know, things like that, that they ask, because they know I'm a chit-chatter. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll have an answer for you one way or the other. Um, but I think women, you have to be um, the self-esteem. You know, you have to be proud of what you're doing, um, stand up for what you're doing, um, and get out there and, and put your name out there um, right. with people and do a good job at what you're doing. You know, if you don't, if you say you're going to do something and you don't do it, 
you know, you're part of a, a group and you never show up, you know, they're not going to look towards you to be, you know, part of that. Sure. So when you get involved, you have to stay involved. Right. Mm-hmm. On this line, thinking about, you know, how, how people, maybe the general public views manufacturing sometimes as like a, a pretty dirty mm-hmm. job that it may have been once in the past. What are, what are some things that um, women and I guess young people in general should know about today's manufacturing world that makes it more attractive than what it was maybe in like the 1950s or 60s, oh, yeah. you know? Well, even, <laughs> I'm going to tell you a quick one. So when we started the business and I was out selling, there was one shop I went over to in Seattle. It was a machine shop, and they literally were standing around smoking. You know, the older guys <laughs> yep. running the yep. machines smoking, and, you know, we don't have any of that stuff anymore. Right. You know, the machine shops aren't dirty, greasy places anymore. So there are women that go to school to become machinists, mm-hmm. and, you know, we need that. Not just Spokane, but everywhere. We need machinists. And so um, I have females that work out in the shop all the time. On the rapid prototyping side, mm-hmm. it's more of an artistic talent. It's right. not, you know, a heavy duty, I have to lift 100 pounds all day long, anything like that. So I have, I think, three women out there right now. Mm-hmm. I've had a manager as a female in the RP shop. Um, machinist, I've had, I haven't had a female um, machinist come in, but I know they're out there. Um, there's few of them. But yeah. there's opportunity for them if that's what they want to do and they have the passion for it. But manufacturing has changed. It's you know become so much more computerized. You know, for us, we right. we how we make product is we take customers' CAD files. You know, they send it to us over the internet. You know, things like that. So it's it's a clean process anymore. There's not too many dirty shops out there. And with yeah, with robotics and things coming mm-hmm. in, it's like you almost see the medical industry and the manufacturing industry in in some cases uh looking a lot alike i mean you're you may be operating a machine that's doing a surgery versus uh on the manufacturing side yeah. operating a machine that's that's building a part or, right. or machining a part so so that can be cool. a scary thing for the future it can you know, yeah for you know, people uh, robotics i saw one on linkedin the other day this robotic that was leaping and rolling and you know doing the splits very fluid and I'm going, oh my gosh, it's not going to be long before they're replacing me. You know? <laughs> so it's, we have to, as humans, we have to keep up with where technology is going and being, you know, educating ourselves, knowing what can't be replaced by robotics, that mm-hmm. we always will need a human touch to it. Right. So, you know, it's something to look forward to for yeah. people. And as, as machines take over certain tasks, we mm-hmm. have to be able to recognize you know, what, how can I use this to my advantage so that I'm thinking about the next level of Exactly, because somebody has to be able to run them, right? Right. So programming, things like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of fun and, and scary all in one to think about. It is, it is. <laughs> so um, what's next for prototechnologies? You guys are, are well established. What uh, kinds of things are you working on for the kind of the next phase in your in your life cycle? Well, we're in a growing phase right now. We, we took on a customer um, for a very large production uh, this last year. They're actually a, a football helmet company okay. that started up in Seattle. It's called Vices. They're out there. Yeah. Um, so we actually 
employed 60 people just for that process this last year and so they're just getting their product out there so that's been huge for us because typically we're about 60 employees so we literally doubled in size of employees wow. within about six months so that has really been huge and it also has opened up our eyes we've done little jobs mm -hmm. where we've been like a contract manufacturer more right for companies but what it does is open up you know, we own our building. It's 40,000 square feet. Right. So we have room to expand and show customers that if you have something that we can bring in and show them how agile we are sure. um, with being able to hire people and do what it is that they need done, we will probably look at that even more. Wow. That's mm -hmm. exciting stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what, uh, what kind of gives you a, a charge in uh, your day-to-day -day work? You know, I love what we do. It's it's high energy here. Mm -hmm. You know, some people, when you say that, they just think, oh, yeah, you drink a lot of coffee and you go all day long. <laughs> but our customers, it's a very demanding business because yeah. customers are calling up and say, you know, you know, I want this tomorrow. Can you do it tomorrow? Or even if they say, I want it in a week, and the processes don't lend it to be done in a week. Right. And they're, you know, ah, we need it done. <laughs> what can you do? How quick can you get it done? So we are in... The type of processes that we do and the customers that we work with, our lead times and our outlook, if you will, we're only looking at two to three months out. We don't have six months and a year contracts out, so we're constantly selling. Right. We're you know looking for new customers to come in and you know educating our employees of what can we do better, what can we do different, you know what value can we add to the customers. Mm -hmm. So our when I say that we're, you know, we're going all the time, we're going all the time. <laughs> People that work here, it's like the days just fly by. You yeah. know, you come in, it's already lunchtime. You know, you get back to work and it's time to leave again. It's yeah. just, it, it's busy. You don't have a chance to rest on your laurels no, and that keeps, no. you, keeps you energized. That's I awesome. <laughs> I tell people all the time, if I'm not busy, I'll be out golfing. <laughs> and I haven't been golfing very much. So, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Well, Rory, this has been a incredible conversation thanks for your time today and coming on irons in the fire podcast well thank you for coming in i appreciate let me share absolutely all right thank you james thank you mm -hmm. today's episode is brought to you by weave what if you could show appreciation to clients employees friends and family while supporting local spokane businesses well now you can with weave weave offers gift baskets filled with some of the best locally sourced goods and products spokane has to offer Weave's goal is to create beautiful gift baskets while bringing together the abundance of the greater Spokane region. Go now to www.weavespokane.com. That's www.weavspokane.com. And use promo code IRONSINTHEFIRE, all one word, to get $20 off your first order. Give the gift of local. Give the gift of weave. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Irons in the Fire podcast, a show which explores the many facets of manufacturing and aerospace here in the Inland Empire. Also, please remember to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play by searching Irons in the Fire. And if you like the show, give us a five-star rating. More details and information about the show can be found on my webpage, ironsinthefirepodcast.com. Again, ironsinthefirepodcast.com. And be sure to spread the word. Let's continue to forge the future of manufacturing and put more irons in the fire. Until next time, thanks for listening.